Vinicius. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, September 17th, and the PLL Championship weekend is finally here. Boys and girls, it has been, what a, what a season it's been. What an off-season it's been, right? I mean, we go back months and months and months ago, we find out the news that the PLL is going to merge with the MLL, or I guess technically the other way around. We had expansion drafts. We had entry drafts. We had college drafts. We had the entire season, and now it finally all comes down to Sunday. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Shido and Dukes on the mics. Boys, how are we feeling heading into this final weekend of the pro season? It's been kind of a long one, right? You know, it's been kind of, been kind of a long season. Uh, <laughs> feel I mean, the energy. Like, yeah, <laughs> feel the energy, right? Uh, no, but like it's been a longer season than usual. Um, I think that it's kind of like, it's like a roller coaster, right? So we have like a bye week and then a huge weekend and then kind of just lulls away and then we have a huge weekend. So, I mean, they all the PLL always ends on a high note. Every championship game has been phenomenal, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I can't make it to D.C. this weekend or else I'd be, you know, right there, you know, screaming at the players, like, you know, as storming, you guys do. Storming the Capitol. Storming the Capitol, that sort of thing. So, you know, things of that nature. Um, Dukes, you're going, right? Uh, well, no, I missed my train, actually, if you're probably listening to this on the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, so <laughs> for, anyone, for anyone that listened uh, to the last episode, didn't make it to Philly. Uh, I overslept my train. So, yeah, I, I didn't make it. And it's then just a, I, It's not anything like you. I, and then, it's just... Yeah. There's, when have I ever slept in? When have I ever been immature about something? Um, not me. It was the first time in my life. But, no, God, was going to go to D.C. this weekend for the championship. But, you know, the businessman I am, the company man I am, I got a call that I have to go to a NASCAR race on Friday. So, if you listen Which one? Uh, Bristol's seven, the Bristol one. Yeah. Is it a, is, is Bristol a super speedway or a regular speed? I don't think Bristol's. A, I was talking Bristol. to people. There's going to be a lot of crashes, but the, one of the most mind blowing things about the whole weekend was one, I have to watch probably the PLL championship from the Knoxville airport. And then two Tennessee borders, Virginia, which makes no sense. Why isn't Tennessee a hotbed for lacrosse tomorrow? Um, just a couple questions that I got just learning about my weekend, but besides that fired up long season, great season. Um, I'm excited for it. Excited, excited, excited. Ten, there's no fucking way. Let me pull up the map real quick. You, if you, if you gave me a thousand guesses to say what states Tennessee borders, I would never say that it touches Virginia. Oh, isn't that fucking crazy? I said that today, and people were like, "Are you stupid?" Of course it does. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I am. I am. I knew that they were connected. Okay, well, yeah, there, there's like a little bit of an overlap there. Ohio and Kentucky mind fucks you too. Because you're just like, Kentucky is deep south, and then Ohio's north, but they're, they're just touching each other. I think I'd be a little less thrown off that Ohio touches Kentucky than I am that, that Tennessee touches North Carolina. Or no, well, it touches a lot of North Carolina. The Tennessee touches Virginia. That's, that's blowing my mind. Because I told Big T, I was like, oh, I'm going to Bristol, Tennessee. He's like, might as well be Virginia. And I was like, what are you? Hi. He's like, no, I'm right. And I was like, all right, whatever. 
All right. Well, that's uh, Geography with the Boys. That segment was brought to you by, uh, let's see, who, let, let's say that, that segment was brought to you by Sideline Swap, um, our, our weekly geography lesson brought to you by Sideline Swap. Actually, uh, just wrapped up doing a, um, a charity auction with Sideline Swap, got rid of a bunch of my uh, old barstool lacrosse gear. Uh, we put one of the crease dive helmets up on there, a head, some shorts, a jersey. Uh, we were able to raise uh, $741 for uh, Harlem Lacrosse. So uh, real quick shout out to everybody who purchased something on that auction. Uh, shout out to the folks over at Sideline Swap for putting it all together and shout out to the people over at Harlem Lacrosse for everything that they do. Um, all right. But yeah, I'm going to have to do like a real quick reset of my brain and uh, get off of the fact that of, of that Tennessee fact there. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what you guys can look forward to. There, there won't be any more geography lessons in this episode, but a little bit later on, we will have Ian McKay of the Chouse and Justin Gutterding of the Whip Snakes on to talk about their matchup in DC this weekend. So uh, a little bit later, you can hear both of those guys talk about their two respective teams heading into championship weekend. A uh, couple of guys who have been on the podcast early on in the podcast history. So great to have both of those guys on again at uh, such a such a big moment in their careers. Um, now, as their careers have a big moment heading into this weekend, one major career, at least on the playing side of things, came to an end this week. Uh, some news that I feel like a decent amount of people probably knew was coming uh, at some point. I, f I feel like you kind of had an idea that this was going to be the way that things shook up. The moment that Rabel got traded to the Cannons, kind of a one last dance type of situation. Uh, and then the past couple of weeks, there have been some rumblings, but uh, on, I believe it was Tuesday, uh, Paul Rabel, 99 double nines, held the press conference and officially retired after a 14 year professional career. Uh, a man who has done pretty much everything in this game uh, hangs him up and he will now be focusing on more of the business side of the PLL, but um, a legendary historic career, one that goes right up there in the goat debate. Um, I, I don't really have any interest in doing a, an, an actual goat discussion right now. No. Um, I'm, I'm not Stephen A. No. Smith. I'm not Colin Coward. I, I, I don't really want to do that, but he's up there in those conversations. It's definitely LeBron, but we won't have that conversation. <laughs> uh, so, so, boy, I mean, PR 99, hanging them up. Uh, you know, how, how do you guys feel about that move? And, uh, you know, kind of where does the league go from there? Dukes, why don't you start? All right. Um, you know, personally, I think Paul Rabel was probably the first lacrosse player that I almost, like, fell in love with in a way. Yeah. Like, just like him and Pies are at Hopkins. I talked about this on Twitter. I grew up wanting to play at Hopkins. Obviously, wasn't good enough. But those were the first two lacrosse players where I was like, wow, like, I, I really want to give this sport my all. So I always grew up, like, loving Rabel, always following his career. Um, I mean, it's, it's just his accolades, what he's done for the game, what he's done on the field, but his biggest accomplishment is what he's done off with the PLL. Obviously, there's some stuff that he does that I don't always agree with, and I won't just stand there and suck his dick about. But, I mean – I'm, I'm happy that he's putting the game aside. I'm happy he went off on the note that he went off on. Um, I mean, maybe my one comment that I'm going at lacrosse Twitter is I'm so happy he ended his career because he clearly still has the sauce and he clearly has a good enough stuff to keep playing. But the one thing that really pissed me off that I saw is people being like, oh, you thought that just because he 
he sucked last year in the bubble that he that he he wasn't good anymore. It's kind of like the chaos thing where it's like, no, he sucked for the two, first well, and he had a really great third year. Like it's almost like the chaos when they're like people were doubting us. It's like, well, you guys didn't win a game. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? Of course people are going to doubt you. So, like, I'm just happy that he, he went off. It's not like the dead horse race. Like, he went off with a great season. Um, that's, I, it was just the old Vable that I grew up loving. So, happy he put it in his side. Happy he went off on a good note. Uh, Jake, you got any thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I mean, I posted it on Twitter. I was, like, you know, joking. But, like, uh, there's this video, this YouTube video from, like, I don't know, like, 2009 2008 2007 and it's paul rabel's highlights his college highlights set to a breaking benjamin song and that was like one of the first youtube videos where i watched something like like you know getting into lacrosse because i didn't i didn't start playing lacrosse till eighth grade um but that was like one of the first like youtube videos i saw and i was like holy shit there's a next level to this game Right there, there's somebody playing the game at, you know, this level. Um, and I aspired to be that way. Right. Obviously I, I am, uh, in men's league right now. So like, I, I am, I'm quite, quite at Paul Rabel's league, you know, <laughs> playing IBLA box. Um, <laughs> quick, I want to, I want to step in here. I do want to say, I saw an Instagram story of Jake hitting the wall or doing a little bit of stick work the other day. And let me tell you, the man is dialed in right now. So that might have been oh, a, yeah. a little bit of a joke, but I think as far as men's league goes, I, I, I would I would like to see where Jake is at right now. Just for all you all you go hards listening right now. I think Jake would kind of put you on one. Um, but go ahead, keep going. Listen, listen here. I, I gotta I gotta stay absolutely dialed. You never know when you're gonna get that last minute call to go to Placid. You know, that's that's what that's what every man looks for nowadays. Uh, but you know. Uh, yeah, for me, it was the same as Dukes. It was the same as, you know, Diggs uh, on Twitter was saying the same thing. It was like, Rabel was the, the guy we grew up watching. Like, yes, there were, there were many, uh, there were many other acts out there, but Paul was always on the main stage. And I guess like the game chose him for everyone to see. And I, you know, Paul could not have ever said it better like i was expecting like holy shit this is, and, and i love the guy and i think that he's you know whatever he's done for the game has been phenomenal but i was like holy shit is he gonna say the most grand shit at his press conference like and but the one quote you know that really stuck with me and i thought was really important was like the game is just meant to be played you know it's not wins or losses it's just the game is meant to be played and i thought that was like that was like anish shroff in a monologue. It was fucking brilliant. So, you know, I, I really appreciated that Rabel said that, you know, kudos, kudos to the guy. I, I, it wasn't that he went off on the, he could have had a shitty season and retired and he still would have gone out as, you know, the goat conversation. You know, that's a little more how I feel about it, but I mean, well, what a career, what can you say? Yeah. I mean, you can tell that, that he's like, like there, there are so many guys who have played this game who are just, they're unbelievable at lacrosse, but like, that's kind of, that's kind of where it ends. Um, and you could tell with, with Paul for, you know, his whole career and, and especially towards the later stages here, which I'm sure is like a little bit of, of him just like growing up and, and being more mature, but like, you can tell like growing up, 
really like having a respect for the greats, watching the greats, um, learning from them and then building on that. And then just kind of the same thing as like, again, like that, that quote that you mentioned, the, the quote that he said about the game being meant to play, like that's a guy who not only is he great at playing the game, but he, he knows it. Um, which, which I thought, I thought was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that's great is like, I just feel like he was he was the perfect player for like this time because you, you look back mm-hmm. on all the other greats, right? Like you've got Gary Gates, you've got um you've got the Pals, you've got Jim Brown, you've got Petro, uh, you have all these guys who were truly on a different planet in terms of lacrosse during their time. Um, but you know, the, the time that Rabel came up right around the same time as like social media was, was getting big Um, right around the time that like athletes would start to kind of market and brand themselves. And I think like, that's also another thing that he was just so much better than anybody else at. And like, yeah, sure. The talent probably helped that out. Like you can be, you can market yourself a little bit better when you're winning two national championships and setting record books on fire um, winning, multiple MVPs in the MLL, multiple championships, winning a championship in the NLL, like all those accolades help market himself. Um, but like just understanding like the world that we're in today and like using social media or getting those endorsements with Red Bull, um, even though they, they gave birth to some of the most ridiculous photographs in, in lacrosse history, uh, Google images never die. Um, but like, you know, so, so there are like plenty of things that he did where like maybe at the time, like you're thinking to yourself, like, Oh, like Paul Rabel doing stuff with dude. Perfect. Like some people might think cringe, but also using that platform to introduce lacrosse to a whole new audience. Um, just again, like the stuff that he did off the field to grow the game, um, you know, he was the only one of those, of those greats in that debate who had been able to do that, like just because of the time period that we're in. Um, and he crushed all of that. I mean, but all the stuff that he did and you have to, you, you didn't heart, you didn't hammer that fact enough about like dude, perfect. Okay. And, yeah. and the Red Bull stuff, like if that was relevant at the time, you know, at the time, dude, perfect was like the thing. You know, at the time, Four Loco was the thing. You know what I mean? So, like, him being on there with Red Bull was incredible because they picked a lacrosse player when the sport was, you know, you know, not even at, a, at an apex. Um, so, I, I, I mean, all that stuff was relevant at the time. And to make fun of it, like, you just – you aren't old enough. And I, I, I really I really hate how that makes me sound. I really, really sound like, you know, Clint Eastwood telling you to get off my lawn. But, like, you know – kids these days really don't get it and those are the however many cringiest words i've ever said in my life so i, I gotta pass on that i just gotta stop <laughs> i'm just gonna dig like in a hole like ta- <laughs> just like just tacking on to like because i i actually couldn't agree with you guys more i do also think that like it almost became cool to hate rabel and to be like oh i'm gonna like talk shit about him online and like just say all this stuff but like I think people forget that it was like a, the time periods of like the 2009s, 2008s when he was with Dude Perfect. People, when they associate lacrosse, you're like, name one lacrosse player. Even if they're from Idaho, if they're from Montana, if you're like, name one lacrosse player, they're like, I don't know what lacrosse is, but I know who Paul Rabel is. Like, that's how like prominent he was. That's what he's done for the sport. So I just think that some people need to like put aside maybe 
what you think about him in the past five years, six years or whatever, and remember that like he's just done so much for our sport besides the PLL, besides the PLL and just like all those YouTubes he did, all those videos teaching kids how to string lacrosse sticks, how to hit the wall. Um, I just think that that gets sometimes gets lost. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're lacrosse's first million-dollar man and you kind of show, like, okay, if you really put the time and effort into this, like, you can make a legitimate career out of it. Like, you don't have to go sell insurance on, on during the week and then just pick up a stick on the weekends mm-hmm. in the summer. Like, that's, that's huge for legitimizing the game. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, I, I think – I think I saw like Kyle Devitt say something like this on, on Twitter. Like it does kind of feel a little bit weird with how, um, how much we're, we're talking about Rabel in the sense, like it almost feels like we're talking about a guy who like just died. Um, but for, for such a, such an important, impactful, influential, like legendary career playing career to come to an end. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, I don't know. Like it definitely deserves all of that kind of just waxing eulogies about it. Um, now I will say, like, I, I think the, the biggest thing that, um, you know, I, I think, yes, the timing made sense where he gets to go out on a high note, but I also think like we're finally at a time where lacrosse doesn't necessarily not lacrosse has always needed Paul Rabel, but like in the sense of like the game is in a spot right now where Paul Rabel can step aside from playing mm-hmm. and the game can still stay re- relevant. So I think like, that's like, that's his like little parting gift to us is like we're the game's at a point point now, like a few years ago when the PLL just started, if Paul Rabel wasn't playing, who knows like how many non lacrosse fans you could get to tune in without the name Paul Rabel attached to it. Just one name that they're familiar with, kind of like what you said, Dukes. Um, but now, you know, th- there might not be a, a quote unquote household name in the same almost way that, that Rabel was, but I think that there's just so much talent, so many guys who have committed to making a career out of this because of what Paul has been able to do where like, yeah, like, he can step away from playing and I don't think that it's going to really impact the, the growth of the sport one bit. I have a take that I've just been kind of, it's been in the back of my head and I was like, I don't want to forget it. I don't want to forget it, but you know, he he's done. So there's no logo to the PLL. He wore number 99. This is a two-parter one. Do you remember Paul Rabel as number nine or do you remember him as 99? <laughs> Uh, uh recency bias for most people yeah i'm, I'm so, gonna go with i'm gonna go with nine ninety nine for sure i i'm on the same page so this is where it comes in i think that you definitely retire 99 from the league i think you potentially make him or kyle harrison the logo i i personally say kyle harrison to split it up i think it would just be weird but i i think that you almost looked to retire 99 and 18 but you cannot do it soon enough and i think that they will i think they will do it but i am urging them do not do it within the next five years. Oh, no, 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 you can't. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't, you can't do it right away. You do it. You're going to get shit. And I'm just letting you know right now that the shit I will warn it. That's a play on situation. I, I see a slash. I'm saying play on. I, I, I think, <laughs> I think like there, there was that, there was a little incident that, um, you know, it's, it's, we don't have to talk about it too much, but there was an incident where uh, a, another number 99 ended up getting his nose busted after another 99 threw a helmet at him. So I think that insult to injury right there, I, 
big, big fan of Jack Rowlett. I wouldn't want to throw that salt into the wound that he would have to change his number by retiring 99 <laughs> after he got his, his nose busted up by him. Um, yeah, I, I think that there will come a time when you can retire that number. I think that there will come a time where you can definitely make a, a Kyle Harrison jump shot, the logo. Um, right. But yeah, I definitely agree with you where let's, let's let it breathe for a little bit first. No, yeah, I just think that they would just get a lot of shit. But also, eighteen, just like their significance to the game. Uh, I, I have a hot, I have a, I have a twist. Also, if you guys want to hear it, oh, mm, we'll put this one in the bank. Actually, don't you Please fucking stay. dare! <laughs> it's, the, it's the last weekend of the season. What are we banking it for? No, I think, I think that, I think that someone might have said it already. But just like, it's just you know, it's Kyle Harrison had the had the farewell tour. We didn't get one with Paul Rabel. Do you think that that was strategic or not? Or do you think that this was just, you know, like, let's, let me take over Kyle Harrison's retirement? Oh, like, no. You know, like, it wasn't like a farewell tour. So, like, Kyle Harrison got the farewell tour, which, which like, Kobe did. But, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Rabel kind of went out like Paul Pierce. So, we didn't get the Rabel, like, we didn't get the whole, like, nostalgia behind it. So, do you like the way that, Harrison went out, Rabel went out, and do you think it's weird they went out at the same time? Do you think that Rabel was almost hijacked in retirement? Like, the, the whole charade I, behind it. I'd, I'd say, if anything, he didn't – like, if, if there were to be any conversations about both of these guys retiring at the same time, like, I, I feel like probably – if it were to go any way, it would be Rabel not doing the farewell farewell tour so yeah. that he doesn't take away from Kyle's yep. farewell tour. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like this probably wasn't a decision. This is probably a decision that he thought he could come to by the end of the season. But I would imagine, I, I'd yeah. imagine that it, it was one that probably like was only finalized like within the last month or so. Because I was also going to say that, uh, yeah, my point being how I, I, it's like now popular to shit on Paul Rabel, that if Kyle Harrison, no one gave, really gave him shit for the farewell tour. I know that's probably more of a PLL thing to do that. But if Rabel had the farewell tour, everyone would shit on him. Everyone would call it the most cringy shit of all time. And like, I, in some respect, it is unfair. Maybe I'm like saying this now because he's like gone, but I don't know. I, I think that. It, I, I, like, I see what you're saying. Like, like yeah. It, it's just like, oh, he does it, it's cool. He does it, it's not cool. I think that Rabel sometimes gets caught in the middle and just sometimes it's bullshit. I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, a, a historic playing career, um, one that, you know, the, the impacts of that playing career will be feeling those for, like, generations to come. Um, you know, the, just the more that the game grows, the more that kids grow up wanting to be professional lacrosse players. Um, we're we're going to be feeling the impacts of that one for a while. Uh, Jake, you got anything else on, on the Rabel career, or should we uh, head into championship weekend? Let's talk championship weekend. All right. Well, like I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, we are going to be having Ian McKay and Justin Gutterding on to talk about these games a little bit about these games, more or less just, you know, about uh, their teams in general heading into to the weekend. So at this point, you guys all know who the chaos are. You guys all know how the chaos play. You all know who the whip snakes are and you all know who, how they play. So um, there's not really much that we could talk about right here that that's going to like 
like here, here, here's how the preview would go. Zed's going to do Zed things. Rambo's going to do Rambo things. Blaze is going to be a beast in the cage. Rowlett's going to have to, uh, you know, be a, a turnover machine. And then it's all going to come down to face-offs. Like that's, that's typically the preview. Um, so we're not going to bore you guys with any of that. Uh, but let's, let's just talk about some of these odds real quick. Uh, that way you guys, uh, you know, for, for anyone who wants to, you know, maybe celebrate this final weekend of the PLL season by throwing a little bit more coin in your pockets. Uh, head on over to the Barstool Sportsbook app, and we've got the Ship Snakes at minus one and a half on the spread. You can get that at uh, minus one eighteen. And if you're uh, laying laying the goals for the chaos, we've got plus one and a half at minus one hundred four. And on the money line, ship snakes are favored for the three-peat minus 165 and the chaos at plus 135. So, I don't know. You look at those numbers right there, and I feel like that kind of takes a little bit of the juice away from Andy Towers in the locker room. Not not quite as much of a disparity oh. as, as he Yeah, no. I, I don't think so. I think, he, I think he wants more, right? he'd probably want to be in that like plus 250 range. That's where he thrives. I think I saw uh, the numbers come out from the yep. PLL social. It was uh 55% chose the whip snakes to win and 45 on, on the chaos. So that's, um, mm. that, that that's tough news when uh, the, the haters are, I guess fi- they're, they're fading themselves or are they? When the haters, when the haters jump the fence and they come over to your yard, and they start yeah. playing across with your sticks in your yard. That's, that's when you really start to get angry. <laughs> it would be it would be so absurd if the chaos won and it's just Jared Newman just getting all riled up and he's like forty five percent forty five percent just like shaking his hand in Nick Bailey's face Nick Bailey's like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like everybody thought you were gonna win <laughs> I think that if he I'll say this on the record if Jared Newman goes up to the camera and starts screaming at forty five percent I will buy a Jared Newman jersey I will never talk slander about him again and I'm a chaos fan for the rest of my life. I I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I also don't believe it one bit. I don't even believe it. <laughs> the shit no, I said. I that was that believe. was that was the biggest lie I've ever heard uh, <laughs> from number one Jared Newman fan Dukes. Um, I don't know, but, but I I guess you know we don't have to give a full preview. But how about how about some predictions here? Um, you know, everyone says that it's there's literally been no team in the history of the PLL who has won three championships in a row. So in that regards, the whip snakes would be making history. Um, so the final, final predictions for this one. Oh, and also by the way, uh, the total at 23 and a half. So, uh, Vegas definitely, definitely has been watching a lot of big daddy blaze reared in highlights lately. Uh, Jake, you want to take it or want me to? Mm, I mean, I think just, just outright, uh, I like the chaos. Um, I know that's bold and I know we, we have gutty on the pod, but I think, I don't know. There's just, there's some, there's some sneaky about the chaos, right. And don't let them get hot. Um, because if you let them get hot, they can play with anybody. I think the, all, I, I like the chaos and then I'll do one of my classic takes unless, uh, the whip snakes are down one with 40 seconds left. And down one or tied with 40 seconds left, then it's then it's game over. We know who that ball's going to. So, um, but but I like the chaos. 
I'll tell you what. Fade I, me I, if you want. I, I wouldn't have wanted to end the season without a patented Jake playing both sides take. You're welcome. I like uh, I like a competitive sports match for plus 200 in, on the Barstool Sportsbook. No, but uh, I, I like the ship stakes. I got to ride them out. Not going to hedge. No hedging. Hedging is for gardeners. After you hear about the 45%, way too many people are on the chaos. Uh, whip stakes smells like fronty, free money. Um, I also, I mean, the crease dive bump, I, I, McKay and Gutty to win MVP. I mean, don't be shocked if they go off. But after listening to Gutty talk about the film session, the experience to get there, I like Stagnita a little bit more than Towers, especially when it comes to planning and adjustments. So the confidence that Gutty kind of gave me uh, talking about the film session, I, I do like the ship snakes minus one and a half. And I'll take the over. I low-key think that Blaze is going to get rattled. He's been too hot. You, know, I know you think Blaze is going to get rattled? I, I've said that Blaze is the MVP. I think that he got them here. I think that he's 100% the most valuable player in the league. But I do think I, I, there's just something about Rambo. There's something about Zed. And I, I just think I just think that there's like almost a mental factor there. Hear me out. I'll do a he, he He does. It's the, the Rambo Blaze friendship does. I'm. I feel like Matt does get a little bit of the better of them. Um, you know, especially people who follow them on Instagram. I, I feel like Matt's typically, they play a lot of golf together. Um, you know, so sometimes on the same team, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just remembering this wrong, but I feel like Matt's typically getting the better of them there. Um, he's typically played pretty well against blaze in the past in the yes. PLL. So um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, you, you look back on what happened last season in the bubble um, you know, where the, the chaos take a, a monster lead into the fourth quarter and then Zed goes off the whip snake score like 10 goals in that fourth quarter to come back and win. Um, I just think that that's one of those things that um, regardless of how much Andy Towers is yelling and screaming about it in the locker room, I, I just don't think that that's something that you're able to fully put mentally behind you. Um, so I think that that's I just feel like there's always going to be a little bit in the back of the mind of the chaos of, Hey, like let's, let's not lose this. And meanwhile, until that final whistle of the fourth quarter goes, like I feel like the whip snakes, I don't think that they've ever played a game where they didn't think that they were going to win. Um, so I don't know. I, I I'm going to keep riding with the whip snakes um, until they prove that they are the, they, the, that they're not the only team in this league who can win a championship. So um, not going to fade the two-time champs. Although I will, I'll, I'll go good game though. Plus 200 with you do. So give me, give me chaos plus one and a half whip snakes money line. And I, I also like that over because I know that uh, if, if the game is at a, uh, a total of 23, we can count on our good pal, Justin Gutterding to bring home the one more goal to push that over for us. I also like, I also like was just thinking about this. I think the key, I actually think the key to the chaos is go down like six, four in the game at halftime. Yeah. Don't that, that, take the lead into the locker room because 1000% after, because remember my blaze thing, I said, I think he's going to get lit up. If they have like an outstanding, if they have an outstanding first half and they're like up and blaze is like only let up two goals. Then I I'm, I'm worried for him. Cause you know, the whip stakes runs and all they can go on. But if, if they keep it close, but they're losing, Blaze is just not going to let in anything in the second half. That's a little that's bit actually, of a Jake take, but I, that's, that's my take on that's it. Actually, that's actually a really good play. So um, I don't know if we're able to get some, uh, some live betting up on the Barcelona Sportsbook app, depending on what the score is at halftime. So uh, if, Next season, definitely. 
Yeah, well, so if, if the chaos are up at, at halftime, make sure that you take that second half over because the whip snakes are going to be coming out for blood. Uh, but if the whip snakes are up at halftime, then hammer that, that chaos second half money line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, but so Sunday, what is that? September 12th at noon Eastern. You can watch that on NBC. It'll also be streaming on Peacock. If you're someone like Dukes and you'll have to be watching, uh, from the Knoxville airport, maybe on your phone. So Peacock NBC at noon again, an, an incredible season filled with, uh, plenty of highs, not too many lows, a lot of bye weeks granted, but, um, just, just an unbelievable season, and we get to watch it all wrap up this Sunday in uh, incredible fashion as we get Chaos versus Whip Snakes 2, Electric Bugaloo coming on up. So uh, in the meantime, you can be listening to those interviews. We've got Ian McKay coming up first from the Chaos, and then following that, we'll also have Justin Gutterding from the Ship Snakes. Boys, anything else to close out this season with? We'll we'll have a championship recap episode. As okay. Well, well then, like, then I don't, I, I'm not gonna like. This isn't our final know, our final farewell. This isn't goodbye at sea later. It's it's see you on like Monday or Tuesday or something like that. We'll we'll get it out for you guys soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll save the sentimental sappy shit for Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, scheduling's a little tough for us, but we'll get it out there and it'll be on your mobile device. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. All right. And joining us now, we've got a a long stick legend on Chaos LC. You can catch him playing this Sunday. Might have a six-foot pole in his hands. He might have a short stick. He might detwig some guys. He might put one in the back of his net for a two-bomb. It is the most versatile man in the PLL rejoined by a recurring guest. I think this is your third time on the show now, so that's got to be a world record. We have Ian McKay on the line. Ian, thanks for coming on, and uh, how, how you feeling? Got, got one more game left on the summer. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me. It's uh, been, a, been a while. I know you said, what, my third time, but it seems like it's been a couple of years since I've been on. But, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast the summer goes by, um, coming back to, like, a normal schedule not being in a bubble stuck for three weeks where it seems like it's a full year, but, uh, yeah, excited, uh, excited to keep playing and got one more chance to get together with the guys and hopefully win a championship. How's it been like transitioning to long stick midi? Like, did you feel comfortable there? Do you like playing short stick better? Where do you feel most comfortable right now during this run? Uh, I mean, I haven't, I've been close to picking up a long stick again. I only had, had a quick stint with it three games and three or four games in training camp. Um, but it was something that I actually, um, uh, my assistant coach when I was with the archers, he was one of my coaches at Vermont, Brian Cavanaugh and, uh, him and I are pretty close. So I would talk with him about, you know, I wasn't necessarily the happiest the last two years with playing time and my role with the archers. So I kind of brought up like I played pole before I played defensive box. Maybe there's like a two way midi thing going on here that I could try and, um it had been talked about but never actually happened and then uh when I got traded and the first time Towers called me um it felt like he was right in front of me because he was yelling through the phone but um he brought that up he's like yeah you know like we know that you play D in box that you used to play pool um even though it was like 10 years ago or something like that um 
but he's like, if, if that's something you're open to, then, then we're open to it too. And I was just like, at that point, I wasn't really playing a lot um, with the archers anyways in the two years I was with them. So I was like, whatever, whatever's going to get me on the field, I'll fill water bottles. I don't, I don't really care. Just I want a chance to play. And so I showed up to training camp with a long pull and a short stick. I think I snuck in a couple face-offs as well. And we're going in the championship game now. I've played LSM, played uh, D-mid. I've touched a bit of the offensive side of the floor, the ongoing joke. When I walk in, uh, I got a long pull and a short stick. People always ask me what I'm going to use. I always say I'm going to use a goalie stick or face-off stick next. So I run into the same situation with my men's league team all the time, you know, because I play both. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing if you think about it. Uh, you know, I, I play a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. It's it's not as ornate as 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 you've described, but you know, totally, we're on the same page there. Um, so I, I have to ask about the chaos strategy. Um, you know, it's it's worked really well for you guys to absolutely suck ass out of the gate, and then you know you turn on the Jets when we get in later in the season. Is that like a mod? Are you like modeling it after Duke? right? Like February Duke and then turning on the jets when you get to the playoffs, or is it more like, I'm sure there's a nice little coach speak, like speech you could give me, but like, it's, you know, tell me, tell me about that because everybody's like, you know, they count out the chaos and then, you know, here we are again. I mean, I, I wasn't on team last year, so I can't speak to that, but it seems like it's a reoccurring theme. And if I give you too much, then we'll be giving away our secret sauce for next year. Mm-hmm. So can't, can't give away too much, but I mean, we had a lot of turnover in our roster from the beginning of the year to, to now, like guys that were constantly in the lineup at the beginning of the year you haven't seen or aren't even on our team anymore. So um, I know the offensive guys living with Josh, Dane, Chris, and Chase, they were getting frustrated early on, early on in the year because we obviously weren't winning and we were playing a shit ton of defense and um, they were very frustrated, but um i mean i think you have to go through those to get to where you are now it's hard to i mean the wish snakes did it last year but it was the bubble and a tournament style you don't play as many games but it's hard to go perfect throughout a season and win every game and win a championship so i feel like we're just hitting our stride at the right time and getting hot at the right time yeah um Brooke, I so I, I was going to save this until a little bit later, but I guess, I mean, if, if we're talking about the, you know, everybody counting out the chaos, I do want to know, like, is there at, at any point, will you guys thank the fans for the amount of motivation that they've given you for, uh, throughout this playoff run so far? Um, it, it's been, you know, you, you guys have made it very clear that that you're aware of, of the numbers, the percentages of fans that have picked you guys, and it seems to uh, be really a, a nice little driving force behind wanting to prove the haters wrong. Um, so, you know, when, when everyone's watching on Sunday and, you know, you might, you might throw a, a, a slap check that's just, you know, a little bit more aggression pent up behind there. You might step up and take a shot from, from 17. That's got just a little bit more heat on there. Can the fans at least feel like they're a part of that? Like that they brought some of that out with, within your team. I, I don't think so. I think we just, we, <laughs> <laughs> they've hated on us so much all year that why give it back? Why give the love back? Just <laughs> keep going with the low numbers, right? Like Dane, Dane was saying, he's not a betting man, but 3.2, I think that's good. So the lower, the better I think it is for us. But no, it's been fun. I'm, I don't think like the numbers actually talked about that much like pregame. I think it's like the previous week's number. Like we were talking more about the quarterfinal number 
this week and then all of a sudden we're in the locker room like after the or like on the field and like at halftime and stuff and we're like 3.2 like fuck everyone blah blah blah. and it's like I I didn't even really know it was but now that I know I'm gonna let everyone know that I know so love that this guy bragging about numbers over here (laughs) what 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 does the like what does towers do if you guys say the public absolutely loves you guys this weekend and 65 percent of the people think that the chaos are going to win the championship. How does Towers pump you guys up? Like, what, what is the chaos mentality going in if you guys are the public's favorite? Just to be as dark as possible. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but he just says, stay dark, get dark and stay dark. So What the fuck does that mean? Was it like Batman? It's like I don't know. It's just that and then swagger and arrogance. A lot of swagger <laughs> with just a little bit of arrogance uh, trickled on top, so. That's the, those are the three main things that I don't, if I don't know what's going on, just resort back to those. And apparently that's the chaos way. So. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna, uh, go, go ahead. Oh, I was, I mean, was, was going to ask gonna more totally about switch. So well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take so. over then. I'm going to go just ahead. speak louder and take over. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to, I do want to talk about playing for AT. Um, he is, uh, the the man does not lack in terms of energy. Uh, he seems to be as intense as they come. Um, I, I got a little fist bump from, I don't think he knew who I was. I think if he knew who I was when I saw him after your game, that he wouldn't have given me a fist pump, but I he think he was just like, so face. yeah, he probably would have punched me in the face, but he didn't, he probably didn't know who I was. That fist bump was like, it was, it was pretty moist. So like the man obviously works up a big sweat on the sideline while he's coaching. I feel like he's just like at a hundred at all times. Like, how is it playing for a guy like that? Like, obviously you're going to have a lot of, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be fired up to play in these games because it's, it's winter go home. It's the last chance you might have. Well, this is definitely the last chance that you'll have to play um, this summer. But um, how does having a guy like that to be, uh, you know, pretty much just charging up the batteries for the rest of the team. How's that been this summer? Well, I, first of all, I got to check in on you. Is your hand okay? Do you have to get x-rays or anything? Uh, my, my one knuckle's definitely a little out of alignment, but. He, I, the first time I scored with the chaos, I came off and he body checked me so hard that I thought he gave my chest in. <laughs> like, I haven't been hit that hard in a game yet this year. He's been the hardest hit I've taken, so um but no he's he's the man like he when you first see him you don't know him like I was asking the guys uh after I got traded I'm like what's the deal like is he just bring the juice all the time like is it like when things aren't going your guys way does he just freak out with that same energy and like he's never negative he's all like when things aren't going your way he's always like he's still bringing that energy but it's in a positive way and trying to like pump guys up and he's never like snapping on you or anything like that and even though it doesn't seem like he like will talk much X's and O's when things aren't going our way. Like he'll, that's when the cameras aren't there and he's breaking it down a little bit. And he's really good at talking to all the guys on offense, kind of like seeing what they want to do, what they're seeing. He's not just like barking at them, telling them what to do kind of thing. But I mean, he's every time you see him, he's like 120%. I talked to him on the phone today and he's like, I'm ready to run through a wall after our phone call. Like he's just like, telling everyone they're the man like stay dark get dark like everyone hates us us against the world kind of thing so I don't know how he does it all the time he's it's always turned on 24 7 which is incredibly impressive but 
I mean, when you're playing for him, you can't like you're no matter what you're fired up. And if things aren't going your way, he's going to find a way to, to pump you up. And it's funny because his kid, James is always around the locker room and you can just see him turning into AT and he's only like 13 years old. Like he like fist bumps you and he's sucker punching your hand. He's like, he's just dropping every swear word in the book too with his old man. Like this guy's living the dream being in our locker rooms at, I don't even know. I think he's like 14 maybe. And he's just basically mini me. It's incredible. Well, that was totally awkward silence. Who, who the fuck is up? Well, I I talked I had talked over you to keep saying things or no no he's like McKay is like the most like the he's he's like very well spoken half the guys we get on here are like they seem like they pre rehearse everything um okay so I have one of my my good friends down here in Atlanta is uh is a is a big fan of yours uh James Leary um yeah. So he wants to know. Uh, so he asked me to ask you, what's your favorite memory from the Bunny Barn? Um, from the Bunny for Barn. Those, for, yeah, from those out there, that's where that's where we played uh, Junior A's, correct? Yeah, that's uh, the home arena for Orangeville. It's the best place to play Junior Cross in my books. Um, I won't explain why it's the Bunny Barn. I'll let you. I'm sure you guys know why it's the Bunny <laughs> Barn. But uh, um, in a packed house in the middle of August, it's. Uh, I mean, you're you're always focused on the game, but the fans are also uh, a good show too. But um, favorite moment there, probably we beat Six Nations um, my second year, the year we won the Minto Cup. Not a big deal. Um, it was alumni weekend too. And like Orangeville six nations is like playing in six nations sucks. Cause it's scary to play there, but not, I play there now in senior, but, and then beating them in Orangeville, like it's always a rivalry. It was sold out. It was like crazy. And then all your, all bat. the alum there, I think there's probably a handful of fights. Um, all the alums stand behind the away goalie with pennies. And they just tap the glass the entire time. <laughs> and the goalie must just go nuts because just imagine a dollar fifteen just being tapped on the glass. Like it's insane. Um, so that's up there. And then my last year, um, we had a bench brawl against Whippy in the playoffs. And uh, I, I mean, I think there's video evidence out there, but I'm not going to tell you where to get it because I didn't end up the greatest for me, but um somehow oh, you, you get the shit kicked out of you no comment um <laughs> they uh all of their all of their defensive players got kicked out and all of our um off or all of our defensive players got kicked out too so it was just like a battle of offenses and all four goalies got kicked out so we had two d guys have to dress for the third period and like it was just a shootout and it was just like whoever D guy's the better goalie, and it was Whippy's. I think we got blown out, and that was the end of my junior career. But both those stand out as pretty memorable moments for sure. Did you at least get to pad the stats before you were getting out of there? No, I was kicked out. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I forgot your defensive <laughs> I was kicked guy out box. For, for getting my face beat in. <laughs> so, you know, like Towers thinking, just going back to the PLL, because it was on my mind. Towers thinking that everyone hates the chaos. From the outside looking in, I, I feel like everyone would hate the archers. 
So it almost seems like you played for the two most hateable teams. Playing for both rosters, who do you think the league hates more, the Chaos or the Archers? Archers. Yeah? 100%. I mean, like, the guy – like, I like, like all, all those guys in the locker room, like, had mm-hmm. a good time with them, like, away from the field and everything. But just the stuff that you see, like, especially against us the first game, like, Will's waving in Glick's face after he scores and, like, just, like, all the stuff. It's – we all, I, I know all the Canadians talk about it, but, yes, there's fighting in the PLL, but, like, there's not actually fighting. And until there is something like that, like, you're going to have everyone with the cameras in your face. Everyone's going to be waving and everyone's going to be saying they're the toughest guy and blah, blah, blah. I think Tyson Bell was on Twitter talking about it and saying that more PLL guys should play in the NLL and stuff. So – um, when you see that stuff, it's like, like, what are you doing? Like, it's got to be addressed somehow, some way. But, I mean, I guess the best way you can address it is beating them in the playoffs. So that was, uh, that was the best way to do it. But, well, you you beat them in the playoffs, and then Blaze gets gets that last little last little wave in. Um, so speaking of Blaze, like, how nice is it to know that, like, even so, let's say they throw you out there with a pole. And let's say, let's say somehow some, some assignments get messed up and, and you've got Zeddy on you. Now I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to get blown by Zed every single time, but let's, let's just say like, you're a little bit worried about going up against the, the reigning MVP. How nice is it knowing that you've got a guy like blaze back there who, even if, even if you, you have to send someone early, like he's, he's got that locked in for you. Well, just to cover all our bases, I when I found out I was playing pool, Zed lives in Buffalo. So I was out doing one-on-ones with him before uh, training camp. So pretty confident okay, so, myself. So maybe, but, maybe that's the matchup. But, I mean, who knows? You saw we triple pulled last game. We could throw something crazy this game. Who knows? But, uh, the ball. but um, no, Blaze is unbelievable. Like, you know, you just trust. He sees the ball so well. He tells us all the time, like, when things are going the right way, he goes, just clog up the middle. Don't let anyone in and let me see the outside shots. And I mean, like other than Costabile's two pointer last game, he ate everything up and it's like, you just know that he's going to make the majority of those saves and they're clean. And if you see our LSMs, if you see our short stick DMITs, like that's why I like playing short stick DMITs so much and having a goalie like blaze. Cause I think about it like box, like as soon as there's a shot, I'm turning and I'm up the field and I'm trying to create transition. And Blaze just – he sees it so well. He gets it up and out so quick. Like, it's its insane. How, it's, I had so much trouble against him in college, obviously playing Vermont and Albany. Mm-hmm. He would, like – he I don't think I scored – he's the only goalie I think I didn't score on that I played against in college. And he will let me know about it all the time. First time I met him was in Lake Placid at the bar, and he, like, dashed me up. He's like, hey, what's up, Zero? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, no, you haven't scored on me. I was like, I just met you, dude. Like, why? <laughs> why you got to bring that up? But, no, I mean, we, I mean, you see it too. Like, we've all talked about it. There's how he hasn't – I mean, obviously guys in the league are very good, but he's going to be three-time goalie of the year. He should be in the MVP talk every year. And if he's not MVP this year, it's going to be mind-blowing to our locker room at least, so. I think he's easily MVP. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah, even in his first year when he had McClancy, his former Albany teammate, 
I remember they just be, would be able to hit the outlet so fast. And I was like, will he be able to use, do this year in, year out without McClancy? And I feel like you've taken on one of those roles as one of his like firm outlet guys, especially past couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying with Bollocks, like uh, with the Bandits, we have uh, Vino. Matt Vince is our goalie and he's one of, if not the best goalies in Bollocks of all time. Same exact same mentality. As soon as there's a shot, like if you watch any games, I'm, as soon as there's a shot, I'm trying to get in the lane. If it gets through me, I'm up and out. And I know that there's going to be save and trying to create transition. And I mean, that's kind of been my game since junior. Um, I was more of an offensive guy growing up. And then when I got to Orangeville, um, they were like, you can go back and play junior B and work on your offense, or you can stay here. You'll probably play defense and you might not play a ton of games. And I was like, well, I'm playing junior A. Like, even if I'm whatever, I'm going to be here. It was the best decision I made because, I mean, it gives me the ability to play D midi now 10, 15 years down the road. So, so uh, this weekend, I... oh, this, this it's a quick one. So let's say Blaze beats one from 12. You got it. You're up the field with the ball. Jake Bernhardt comes out of the box, right? You've got the pole in your hand. He sloughs a little bit. Are you splashing one from two right in your old coach's face? A hundred percent. Like no question. That's all I needed. Like, even if he's like, if, even if he's remotely in the lane, like I'm shooting through him. <laughs> you could Jeff Teed him. Jeff Teed. I was, was going to say it's yeah. it's been it's been a tough been a tough go for the for the coaches of their former Padawans so far this year in the PLL. Um, I mean, I, he's I gotten real... better than me since since we played in pro and in the world stage. So it's about time I get a little bit of payback. I've got a quick question just to go back to Blaze for a second. Um, so the uh, semifinal game against uh, against Atlas, you guys, uh, right? That's that, that's yeah. I'm not making yeah, that, that up. That yeah. just happened. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> whoa. Uh, so semifinal. So Blaze. <laughs> makes a save, gets the ball. He runs out of the cage. He makes it to – he's like a little bit past the two-point line. So everyone kind of has this feeling like you, you, there's this anticipation going um, that maybe we could see vintage Blaze versus Cornell in the NCAA tournament. Um, Blaze, no – he's no uh, – he's been known to score quite a few goals in the city of Philadelphia as a member of the wing. So I think everyone's ready to see him go down the field and at least give it a go. And AT hits him with the timeout. Was, was there any, was there any rumblings on the sidelines about buddy? Like how did you just hit him with the red light right there? Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely mixed emotions. There's a handful of guys that I think all the D guys were like, yes, let's see this. Like, here we go. And then all the O guys, I think they were with towers calling timeout, but uh, I mean, he, he doesn't look like the most athletic guy in the world, but he got up the field pretty quick and he's, he's not afraid to get up there and, and show off the offense a little bit. But I think if you see that in maybe the second or third game of the week, towers is a little slower to call the timeout, but in the semifinals, I think it's uh, better to be safe and sorry. And I think the crowd, the crowd let him know about it. I think there's a handful of booze afterwards, but, um, but no, it's, he's like, we're saying he's plays is so impressive and, every aspect of the game and even to be able to go up and get the ball. I think, I think we called the timeout a little too early. I think we should at least got him over half. So we had a little bit of an easier clear, but, uh, but no, it's, 
it's impressive. And I don't know, maybe we'll see it in the finals. I think, I think because probably because he like ran right past your sideline, like you guys were down, like the sideline was down on that end of the field. So like, maybe if, if, if like the sideline, if you guys were on the other side of the field, maybe AT wouldn't have been so quick to figure out what was going on there. And then maybe, maybe the play would have developed a little bit more. And then, but I, as, as a fan, I was, I was highly disappointed. I mean, if I'm, if I'm blazing that situation, I'm running by the bench, I'm yelling at AT not to call a timeout just try to mess with them a little bit longer, but it's a good point. Um, so we, we've been talking a little bit about the bandits. So we, we, you know, we've mentioned you playing box, you mentioned Vino, um, practically your whole team, at least half of them, all members of the Buffalo bandits. Um, actually was, was blaze that were you and blaze was blaze there at the no, same time that you missed. were? Yeah. Ju- so just miss each other, but e- either way, that's still a former member um, of the bandits. So uh, two parter question here, like one, you know, how has it been like, how much of an advantage do you think that that kind of gives your team having a g- bunch of guys who get to play together all year round? Um, and then also how excited are you to get a chance to play with Dehoga this upcoming season as he was the third overall draft to Buffalo in the most recent NLL entry draft? Yeah, I mean, part one of that, the chemistry on both the box and the field game, I think is huge for us, um, especially bringing Chase in like halfway through the season. Um, you saw, well, you guys wouldn't know, but we've like, there's one play we have that is, just a straight up box play that we've ran multiple times and Dane and Kluge have connected on it a couple of times that something that we run in Buffalo with uh, Tavares. So that chemistry is there for sure. And it, I think it's, um, it's fun. It, we get to travel together every weekend. There's always five of us um, in the Buffalo airport. And then guys are, uh, from other teams trickle over because it's just easier to fly to Buffalo from Toronto and stuff at the border and all that. But, um, no, it's been good. And then I think some of the guys are jealous, though, because early in the season, like, people don't realize we have three guys on the San Diego Seals on our team as well. We got Wes, stats was on the team, and then um, Mark Lucini is with them as well. So, and then you got a bunch of you guys um, spread out all. Oh, and Mac O'Keefe's with them now, too. Yeah. So, I Did mean. Did you and Mac play together? And was, was he in Orangeville at any point while you were there? He, no, he was a couple years after me, Okay, but just missed him. But we, we reminisce on the bunny barn days, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, like I said, it's, it helps us no matter what, um, having all that chemistry and being with the buff guys. And, um, and then the second part playing with Tahoka. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my blurry eyed Twitter. Welcome to Tahoka. Yeah, I saw that. That was drafted. hilarious. Um, I think it's since been taken down. Thank God. The amount of texts and snaps I got asking how loaded I was, was out of this world. Um, but no, I'm excited. I played against him uh, in Albany for a handful of years. And Albany, like I said earlier, always got the better of us in college. And he well, is not afraid to let you know, just like Blazes, that he got the better of you. And I've got to play with him a little bit in Six Nations in the summer too when he called up with the Chiefs. So, um, I mean, he's unbelievable talent. And I think people, um, not necessarily sleeping on him, but he hasn't been in the limelight as much in the best way, I guess, with him leaving Albany and everything. So 
I think like a fresh start for him and being able to step in and be with some vets and um, guys he's played with before, like with Dane as well, um, will be good for him. And I mean, I think he, he mentioned he grew up going to Buffalo games and everything. And he's, I see his snaps, he's in Buffalo a decent amount. So be good to have him here and on the team. And I think he's going to help us a ton for sure. So he's a huge more. fan of, go ahead. No, you go. Well, I was just saying, Tehog is a huge fan of, uh, he's always saying, don't let the boys get hot, right? You know, he's always talking about, you know, his, his, his boys getting hot. Uh, I think that's my, my it maybe, it maybe that's like a, in a roundabout way, that's what AT is saying, right? Stay dark, you know, don't let the boys heat up. Is that, is that like the, we got like a similar line of thinking there? Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I think that's sure. probably, that's got to gotta be right, right? Yeah. Even um, if it's not, it sounds get, right. Yeah, even if it's not, it's not making the connection. Um, so do you uh, – I, I usually like to ask this one. Do you have any, like, um, weird pregame superstitious, superstitious uh, like, rituals, take your stick in a weird way, eat something, what have you? Uh, in junior and in college, I was, like, very strict, like, did the exact same mm-hmm. thing no matter what. Um, but I've – kind of calmed down a little bit I actually had a sports psychologist in college when I came back from my injury um just to kind of like try to help make the transition back a little um easier he told me he's like there's so many things you can't control when you're traveling and playing that like if something goes wrong and it's going to screw up your routine then you're screwed and your game's off so I've changed it up a decent amount but take my stick um I don't know. Do you guys follow uh, Ryan Curtis, our assistant coach at all, or yeah. see his tweets? He tweeted, like, the Canadian Ted Lasso before our game. <laughs> it was just me up in the crowd by myself. Um, so I always go – I always relate it to my number. So I'll find a section, and I'll go five – so this year being 55, I'll go five rows up, five row, uh, seats in. And I'll sit in that seat, and then I'll take my st- – up there and just listen to whatever song I walk up there on and then I have two songs um one is it's called Beast by Visatone and it's like a kind of hardcore EDM song that and in college it like gave me the chills and that's when I knew I was gonna have a good day so I've been keeping that going and then as soon as that's done I play Courage by the Tragically Hip and it's like way more mellow way more relaxed and I find that like that just kind of like gives me that perfect middle point and then um, I sit up there and I visualize the field a little bit and just kind of like try to visualize plays that happen that like, you know, are going to happen throughout the game, like, um, like a pick situation or a ground ball or something like that. And you just see it all the way through, whether it's me shooting a two pointer or it's me just passing to Josh and changing or whatever it is. So those are like the main things. I mean, I get taped every game and stretch and all that, but that's probably like the weirdest thing I do. It's poetic. All of it. Oh, that was that was the away. best answer to that question yeah. that we've got. <laughs> yeah, so so far, far and away. Yeah, I don't know. I try not to do anything too crazy, but I was gonna say for, uh, for when you go when you're in Buffalo, have you guys tried wing nuts yet? Because there's been a lot of buzz in the office about this place called Wing Nuts. Uh, this Buffalo. I, I haven't wing. even heard of it yet. It's this Buffalo wing, wing place that uh, a couple of guys in the office went to. And I guess it's like at the Knights of Columbus in Buffalo. I oh, I did see that. I yeah, yeah. Big Cat and them were talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw that video. No, I was, I was talking about it. I'm like, I saw the video. I'm like, there's this wing place in a Knights of Columbus, like, 
it's got to be incredible. So yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't tried it yet, but I do want to try it. Good. I've been dreaming about it for like two weeks now and I've just seen them through a picture. So I was like, I will need to get like a firm review on that. I mean, maybe, Bill season's maybe, about to start up. So yeah, no I was going to say, time. maybe, maybe we'll make it to a bandits game. Whole, we'll, we'll, we'll do a family trip. For sure. Um, all right. My last question before we let you get out of here. Um, so we saw, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, AT giving a nice little, it might've been a halftime speech, it might've been a pregame speech, whatever it was, it was getting the boys fired up, but specifically it got one Austin Sparky Cout fired up backup goalie with the chaos. And, um, he took that, that fired up energy and just, um, he, he decided to assault a door and I wanted to know, so I'm sure everyone listening right now has probably seen the clip. Um, PLL put out the clip numerous times on socials. I just want to know you guys win on Sunday. How soon into the post-game celebration does that door have to live before it's ripped off of its hinges in the locker room? I mean, it probably won't make it past halftime if it's we're getting the same kind of speech. Um, Kel is the one of the greatest teammates I've ever had all time. We've when we got him to start the year, we had the group chat going, and I'd never met him before, and he would not shut up in this group chat. I was like, "Who is this guy?" Like do less, relax. Like we haven't even, we got months until training camp and he was just going off. And then I met him finally. And it was as advertised and it's unbelievable. He's, he's basically like the same as AT. Like he just brings the energy all the time. Like he's team first guy, like anything, everything. Like after the game, he had everyone over. I was asking like if I should bring any waters or anything over and he had everything taken care of. He has had all the food, all the drinks, like you name it. After games, he's bringing all the sticks. You try and grab your backup. He's like, no, no, I got it. You just played. Go ahead. Like, he's like an ultimate team first guy. He's the man. So, and he's always there to fire you up. He's got the pre-workout. He's got the smelling salts. Like anything you need to get fired up, that's your guy. So. All right, well, big-time team guy for a big-time team with Chaos LC. You can catch them this Sunday as they take on the Whip Snakes in the 2021 PLL Championship game in Washington, D.C. Ian, thanks for coming on again, and uh, we'll definitely have you on a little bit later for your fourth appearance, but good luck this weekend, and uh, just you know, make sure you check out whatever those percentage numbers are, 3.2 or lower. Hopefully it's zero. That's all we need. Appreciate you guys having me on. We'll talk to you. All right, and now we are joined by a very special guest. He was our first guest ever on The Crease Dive way back in the olden days. Shout out, Robbie O, to all the OG listeners out there. I know you miss him. I know you love him. But first guest ever on The Crease Dive and making his triumphant return right before the PLL Championship game, we have the newest member of the Ship Snakes, Justin Gutterding. Uh, Gutty, thanks for jumping on again. It's it's been too long. It has. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm pumped to be back. Yeah. So uh, obviously a, a a big game for you coming up. Rather rather large game. Um, some <laughs> definitely some implications to this one. Maybe some would say a, a can't lose or a must win. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, we're talking to you on Thursday night, so it looks like you're you're still back home, but getting ready to uh, take off to DC. Yeah, so I'll leave, uh, I'll leave tomorrow afternoon. Um, feeling good, just ready to, uh, ready to play. These bye weeks in between um, playoffs have been, have been long, just, you know, sitting around kind of just training and, and waiting to, you know, get back on the field again. It feels, 
feels like a while every time you step back and you get back with the guys. But um, yeah, I'm really pumped to get back and you know compete for a championship. Uh, the the hilarious part, that hilarious pause just there for everybody who's going <laughs> to listen to it was me staring at the screen, seeing if Dukes is going to record. Uh, he's or, or say something. He's currently on a train because he missed uh, a train from uh, Hoboken back home. Um, they're saying that there's nobody better on Long Island uh, than Dukes at missing the train. So congratulations to Dukes. We really love that for him. It makes for such great content. Um, Gutty, we talk about um, we talk about Long Island a lot on here. Um, so let's let's talk about growing up uh, in in the mecca of lacrosse, right? Is is Long Island the mecca of lacrosse? And and what was your you know high school experience like? Um, you know, at, at Garden City, the program. How'd you make it to Duke? All that because you know we could skip all that if you've already been on the pod once. No, yeah, well, I'll go through it. It's you know, it's always let's, nice let's, to talk about. It's, it's a, a refresher. Yeah, give everybody a refresher, right? Yeah, it's okay. Always, it's uh, just, nice. it's a cool to talk to Garden City. Previously yeah. <laughs> on the crease dive. So Jordy was shaking his head right there, um, asking when, you know, if Long Island is the mecca of lacrosse, and you know, I think he's starting to think that Philly is. You know, maybe they're starting to get more of a hotbed. You know, they're they're in the conversation now of a hotbed. Um, so. If you're if you're kind of thinking that now, you weren't you know ever really the mecca. So um, I think Long Island is you know a staple of the lacrosse community. Philly, I have great respect for. They have a lot of great players coming out um, you know now, and you know you see a lot of PLL stars from you know Philly. But you know OG Long Island, there's you know some good guys that have come through and and, and played great college ball. Um, you know, and, and definitely in the pros. So. Um, yeah, so from Garden City, you know, like Dukes, uh, went to high school together and, um, you know, ended up going down to Duke after a PG year at Salisbury and, you know, played four years there and, you know, drafted by the Ohio machine, you know, shout out my, uh, my mean machine fans. And then, uh, you know, three years later in the PLL, it's been going obviously very well. And, um, you know, with the new trade, I'm, just happy to be competing for a, for a championship this weekend. It's going to be fun. No, it's like, as on the topic of Long Island, Garden City, you ended your high school career, as I know, 2012-2013 state champs. Don't know, Garden City High School, goaded. Um, but going into this PLL championship, they have a, they have a chance to three-peat. So you're, you, you can be on a team that went back-to-back and three-peated. Where do you rank this championship game out of all the ones you've played in? Oh yeah, that's gonna be really hard. Um, it, would be my, it would be my first pro lacrosse championship, um, so that's gonna be definitely special, um, you know, if that happens. But um, having back-to-back senior year, you know, we lost a lot of guys. Obviously, as you know, um, from junior year we went undefeated that year. We were incredible. Like thinking that that roster lineup was absurd. Disgusting. And then we lost a lot of those guys my senior year and people didn't really think that we were going to be any good. So winning that second one was pretty special. Um, but, you know, that was, that was a long time ago in high school. And I think, um, you know, winning a pro lacrosse championship would be, would be pretty special and might, might take the rank as number one. Uh, I've, I've got a, a two part question here. The first one's for Dukes. Dukes, what stop did you just get at? Oh, I'm at New Hyde Park. We're going to Maryland Avenue. Then we got uh, Mineola next. So, so far, we're, we're making turns. Actually, could, just before you ask your question, Jordy, I want to ask uh, Gutty. Gutty, I think, did you run? Because I've seen you run out of the box now. I love your midfield line with 
Brad Smith, Connor Curse. But did you run a little bit of MIDI your senior year? So I would start at attack, but Fidel would kind of put me up top and just kind of screw with the defenses, but we would play so slow. But yeah, so I definitely was up top a lot. Uh, I don't, I think I would still consider myself an attackman at that point. Um, I kind of pulled like the, the Brad Smith in college. Like yeah. he was listed as a you know first team All-American, but realistically, like he played attack the whole time. He was on the field every, every possession. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely was up top a lot. So not, not my, uh, my first encounter out of the box. All right, so then, so let's let's talk about this trade a little bit because you get sent over to the Whip Snakes from the Chrome, and uh, you know, obviously, a team that's I, I don't think it it takes me to say that loaded with some offensive talent. Um, one, I, I just want to know kind of like what what was going on, like when you got that call, or did you get a call at all, or did you have to find out from Twitter or anything when that trade went down? So kind of like what was. What was the feeling when that happened? Was it kind of like a, like, screw you guys, I can't believe that you're trading me? Or was it like a, hey, guys, thanks for giving me a, a chance to play a little deeper into the season? Because, I mean, no, I mean, the Chrome, were, you guys were, were hit right. with a ton of injury trouble. So, like, it, it was going to be a, a tough a tough one for you guys to, to climb out of. But, um, yeah. I mean, this definitely kind of set you up for you and Brad to go back to any alumni weekends with some rings on your finger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was um... – it was kind of like a humbling experience, obviously. Like I obviously wasn't having the greatest year, um, you know, playing for the Chrome this year. And um, I knew that. So like, I wasn't like pissed that like they were, didn't like necessarily like need me. Like I wasn't playing my best and I knew that. So it wasn't like uh, I was playing well and, you know, they kind of just like didn't like me. Um, so I wasn't like pissed at them, but at the same time, I thought they kind of like, would realize that like we are struggling like with offensive injuries and um, the team as a whole, like it wasn't, I don't think they wanted to be like, Oh, it's your fault. You know, like it, they told me that like very clearly um, like I'm not getting traded because I was the reason we weren't doing well, but I knew I wasn't playing well. So I wasn't really pissed, but you know, obviously going to the whip snakes and playing with, you know, guys like Zed Rambo, John Hoss, Brad Smith, Channy, curse, like all these guys like are studs offensively. Um, you know, I get to play with two MVPs, like, you know, in the league. So that doesn't really happen often, um, you know, and getting to run out of the box and getting a short stick uh, is a huge, you know, advantage for myself and, you know, coming off not being so confident and then being able to play midfield, getting a short stick um, while having Zed and Rambo at my back is, is pretty easy. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, the, and, we, and we have talked a lot about it on the pod, um, that the Chrome, like, you know, you look at their roster and you're like, wow, these are some all-star players. Like they've got so much talent, you know, young talent, veterans and things like that. And it seemed to a lot of us um, that, you know, there were some guys who could have been served better being on a different team. Um, when those conversations happen, and this might be, I don't know how much you can tell us or how much we speculate. Like, is it a locker room conversation? Like, hey, Guddy's going to go to this team and we're getting that? Or is it like a, you get a text message from the, is it like, is it more, like how much of the players have yeah. to talk yeah, about so, it, you know? Yeah, I, I, I kind of understand where you're uh, coming from. But like, 
the I, I don't think it was unless I wasn't involved in those conversations. Like I don't oh, think no. it was like more so <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, should we trade him? Blah blah blah. Like I think Suda was trying to make a move and getting younger, but he's like he told me he wanted more ball carriers. Um, but I just didn't think I was getting the opportunity to really carry the ball as much. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't producing, like doing my job and putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, so yeah, I got the text. I, I, heard, I, I heard whispers that Jordan Wolf was actually the one who was forcing me out. Of there, so. <laughs> uh, Jordy, if, if you're listening right now. You're... He has Tough texted break. me a few times that he's, he's still not happy that I'm, I'm gone, but um, no, he's uh, obviously he's, I, I felt terrible when he went down. And we are having a great training camp with um, myself, Wolf, and, and Stotts at Attack. It was like it was a lot of fun just playing freely, and I realistically would have gotten the third pole every time. Um, so it was you know going really well, and we were playing well together. Uh, and then when they went down, it was just it was just really hard after that. Just you know drawing some number one poles, and um, you know kind of definitely shaking it up for me, and putting a lot more pressure on myself to you know, to do better, but, um, you know, the trade definitely worked out for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just being able to play, uh, anywhere that a team really needs me. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my mindset now is just being, being good for this long as a pro is not very easy. It's like really hard to keep up uh, with these guys. So, you know, I'm just happy to, um, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. And so far, I think I'm doing a pretty good job in my role. Yeah, you were saying that you, Stotts, and Wolf were clicking in camp because the first interview we had this season was just Valet, and the first team we asked, we're like, who's going to be a surprise this year in the PLL? And he said the Chrome. He's like, we got smoked by the Chrome in the scrimmage. Like, they got something going on there. So I thought Pseudo kind of pulled, pulled the pulled trigger a little bit too early. Pulled the trigger a little bit too early. I just saw someone in the train station. I was like, I cannot ask this. I thought he pulled trigger too early on the uh, train. But, you know, as a veteran yourself, a proven, like, great player when pseudo traded you for a rookie that like hasn't really played in any games this year were you pissed were you like ticked off a little bit or were you like thank god i'm going to like the two-time chips no yeah it was definitely like like i said before like i knew i wasn't producing but at the same time i knew the situation that it was it was hard for myself just um you know it's it's kind of hard like i was definitely pissed knowing that I thought I was kind of, you know, worth a little bit more, but at the same time, he needed to, he needed to make a move, um, you know, and, and he did, and I respected his, his decision. So, um, you know, that's, that's really the end of that is um, I, I went to a place that a team needed me and they, they wanted me. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. And you've been producing yourself. It's not even the worst trade of the season. Cause I think that a lot of lacrosse fans are like, how do you get Justin Gardening for Nick Grill? The, the cannons, the cannons, in retrospect, with uh, Rabel retiring, got absolutely shafted. But that's another topic in its own. <laughs> Next topic, please. <laughs> I have, I have one more. I promise it's the last one about the trade. But yeah. so, so we all know that the number fourteen, pretty sentimental to you. Um, but you go to the Whip Snakes, and fourteen's already. T- who has it? I think uh, Timmy Miller. Timmy Miller. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Gordon City guy. You, so <laughs> fuck's sake actually rank rank the top three uh the top three garden city players of all time and then two uh you, you make that switch to number 22 so is, is that a uh like what what was 
Yeah. So, so Timmy, Timmy also like Duke said is a, uh, is a garden city kid. Um, so we grew up with Eddie, um, and he, you know, he was really good friends with him as well. And, um, you know, he was 14 on the website. I, Eddie worked 22 in college. I was like, I joked around, um, as soon as I got traded, I, te- I texted Timmy. I was like, all right, are we going to fight for 14 or what? Um, but no, I, I obviously was very happy to take 22. I'm glad it was open. Um, you know, just to keep playing for him and, um, not that if I wasn't wearing his number, I wouldn't be, but, um, you know, it just helps me going out on game day. And then top three garden, garden city players. That's pretty tough. Um, he you Gibbons can say is, me. Gibbons is my number one all time. Um, he was just a great player. Um, what about top three. three? What about top three backup goalies slash LSMs? <laughs> or worst three Garden City players of all time? <laughs> Number one, Dukes. <laughs> Without a question in the world. No, I mean, my, I remember uh, our high school coach was pretty tough. Like, I, I just remember him just being up everyone's ass, being up gutties because he always went up the best players' asses. So he was never up my ass. But I remember we would do these shooting drills, and he'd make me, like, go lefty if we had a lefty goalie and, like, go righty if I was a righty goalie. He was getting absolutely ripped up by these people. Yeah, those were, those were fun practices, though. Oh, always. <laughs> the, the, the most goals were scored on me in Iron City history. I mean, everybody's got to have a record somehow, right? Everybody. But um, <laughs> going back to the PLL, I imagine it was, like, fairly easy to integrate with – the whip snakes considering that i don't know you've probably played with most of them with or against or in some facet um with with one of them many of them over the years um i think that's one of the funny things about like lacrosse twitter and people making comments and stuff like that there's a lot of people out there who are like oh well you know we'll see what they do in this in a in a different environment or a different a different uh a different setting. And I think it's funny. I think lacrosse as a sport, if you vibe with the other guys who are on the field, right. And you've got like, you just kind of, everybody kind of knows what they're doing. I feel like lacrosse is one of the easiest places to make a jump from one team to the other in any sport. Yeah. Um, so no, I, definitely saw a lot thoughts? Of people, I saw a lot of people on Twitter too, after like, just in like mentions um, being like, Oh, I don't know if he's going to fit in or, where is he going to play? And like, if Rambo comes back, what is, what's going to happen? Um, so I, I saw a lot of those and those were pretty funny. Just like knowing, like I could come out of the box and grab a short stick and play two man game with Rambo. Like that was just like, I played obviously box with him in Philly and played with Brad before. Um, I think the toughest probably adjustment was, was Zed just cause I'd never played with him and he's obviously such a unique player. Um, and he just does things that no one else can really do, but it's not, so necessarily hard when he kind of just takes the ball and will do his thing and, and just score. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely good to, to play with. Um, you know, he'll talk to you like after every goal and just be like, like analyze. He's so like, he's so smart. Like, like hey, hey, you, you should have thumbed the ball right there. <laughs> I will take, I will take no Zed slander on this podcast. Um, yeah, no, I, I, he's, he's definitely just a unique player, but he's so smart. Um, just he just sees everything too because he's like just hovering around the top and waiting for like his chance to go um but yeah you know it's definitely i know i know you mean jumping from one team to another like all you got to do is kind of mesh with the guys like on the field and it's it's pretty simple it's not like 
there's that many guys that are so different, like play so differently. If you kind of are in the right spot, you know, doing your job, like, I don't think it's really too difficult. There's definitely guys that make it harder on themselves, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got a decent amount of guys there who can kind of just pick up their stick and go and like, they're, they're going to figure out a way to, to make things work for them. Um, but like, what, what have you guys been doing the past, I guess, week and a half, two weeks since you guys won that semifinal game? Like, are there like, like just ba- what's, what's the, the daily routine? Like, are there many check-ins or is it just like, Hey, we're going to show up a couple days before the game. We'll get some practices in and some team meetings or. Yeah. We've had some meetings during the week. Um, we had film last night um, just going over the chaos defense and like what they did against the Atlas. Um, they're not as similar, I think, the Atlas, but they have, you know, studs at the midfielder. So we saw them triple pull, um, you know, and then have Rowlett on, on teat. Um, and then they short stick Caraway and, um, and Eric Law. So, like, I can see them doing that, but they, they would have a, you know, have a tough time trying to short stick Zed or Rambo. So I would definitely expect a double pull out of them, um, you know, see where that goes. But, you know, definitely, definitely have seen some things on film that we think we could, you know, take advantage of. And um, obviously Blaze is one of the best goalies in the world and it's, you know, he's going to be tough to score on, but he's got to take, take your shots and try and can him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of where I was going to go was to the blaze, the blaze factor. Like how, how do you, how do you go into a game and you're going against a hot goalie? It's almost like going, running into Henrik Lundqvist during the Stanley cup run that the Rangers would have. He, blaze almost seems un, unstoppable right now as the shooter, one of the best shooters in the world. How, what's your psyche? What's your mindset like going into that game? Yeah, we kind of had the similar thing last last week or two weeks ago, I guess, with Dylan Ward. Like we thought, you know, he's such a unique goalie. He plays so differently than all the other goalies with his high arc. But at the same time, we just kind of thought about more ourselves. Like you just got to shoot for the right spots. Like at the end of the day, like the top goalie in the league is probably 60 something percent, like low 60s. You know, if you get shots on cage, like they're going to fall eventually. Um, you just got to put him in the right spots. You can't leave him, you know, where you know he's good. Um, but at the end of the day, he's going to make saves too. Like he's he's definitely the best goalie. So at the end of the t- at the end of the day, like he'll make saves, but you're also going to score some. You know, if you get the right looks and you put him in the right spots. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to hop on the oh. two part. I don't know if people, for the listeners out. Have- there, uh, Darby's dad was one of the best goalies of all time. And yeah, so, so, dude, hilarious. This is awesome. He's still going, he's, he's going. Did I cut out? Yeah, uh, so, no, 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 you, a little bit. No, no, no I'm back. Lot. I'm back. I'm back. I'm all right, back. He, he's all back. Right. Did I freeze out? Or did I say something I wasn't supposed to? No. No, it, it, yeah, it's, it's usually the other one. This time you just froze out. <laughs> All right, I'll, can I start it again? Oh, God damn it. Oh, did you not even hear me? No. And, and, All right. and here, maybe. Here, maybe, here, here take, take five. Take five, and, and yeah. we'll bring you right back in. All right, we're also going to leave all that in there because that was that was, that was good. Yeah, just, that um, was good stuff. Yeah. All right, so just a little peek behind the curtain for everybody listening right now. That's 
that, that nobody, that's nobody does it like the crease dive. Nobody. Yeah. Um, all right. So real quick, it'll, it'll be awkward when Dukes <laughs> gets back around, but um, cause he's going to ask a question that's totally off topic from here, but I, I want to go to Duke real quick. Um, yep. One, I, I, I want to know a couple of, couple of athletes down there at Durham that I, I want to get your thoughts on one Nakai playing football. Um, how, how do you feel about, how do you feel about Nakai running the pill? And do you think that that's going to impact his, his status as a future enemy, probably of yours in, in the PLL? And then uh, two, Brennan O'Neill, little, little lefty laser. I, I want to know is, did you, did you teach everything to Brennan <laughs> O'Neill on how to be a lefty stud playing for the blue devils? So first with Nakai, I think it is so awesome being him being able to play football and not only just like being able to play, but like I saw highlights this weekend of him, you know, actually picking up the ball and making some plays. So that I th- like I've watched his high school highlights like over 20 times and they're just absurd. Like he played in very good, you know, Texas football. So he's obviously a stud athlete. Um, I'm so happy for him that he's, you know, doing what he wants and, you know, he's going to be a fifth year senior. So he's, as long as he's happy, that's, you know, obviously the most important, but him making plays is so awesome to see. Um, you know, he's taking advantage of his NIL too, and, you know, he's making, making a name for himself. So um, I'm pumped for him. And then Brendan O'Neill is, you know, that guy, he looks, he still looks like a man amongst boys when he's in college. It's insane. Um, I've shot with him. I shot with him once. Um, and I actually asked him how he t- like he did some shot where he like wound up and like wound up again and then shot. I couldn't even explain it. Like he did it. And I was like, how did you just do that? Like, cause he completely froze the goalie. Um, and he taught me something and I was like, that was awesome. Cause he's like, he was probably 17 at the time. Um, but yeah, he's going to be a stud. I think, I think he's a future tour 10 winner. I think that's, you know, I don't know if that's a bold thing to say, but I think he's, he's that good that he's, I think he could actually pick up a stick right now and play in, in the championship on Sunday. He's that good. Yeah, it's 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 always a little deflating to know that uh, probably as a 17-year-old, Brendan O'Neill could bring it faster with one hand than I could with a crease crank. So um, it's it's definitely definitely humbling for the fans to watch. But uh, yeah, so um, all right. Well, we're we're still waiting on Duke. So so Jake, uh, what 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 else you got for for Gutty here? I mean, I bet all, I was just thinking about. I bet all of his old, you know, crumb stuff is up on sideline swap. I bet that shit's going for 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 a lot, right? You're hawking that on sideline swap right now while the, while the market's hot. <laughs> um, but tell us about Roback. I know that you do a lot with Roback, and uh, they're one of the. I mean, Jordy's wearing the 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 hat right now. Um, I was wearing one of my one of my hats earlier. Like, great company, very cool guys. How how they how they rope you in there? Yeah, so that uh, that was actually a pretty unique um, thing for me, just because it's like not affiliated with the PLL at all, and it's like one of those sponsorships that kind of came about. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily like on my own, but um, they are based out of Charlottesville, so they have a lot of UVA lax kids um, interning there for them, and um, so they kind of. I think this one kid, I, I'm pretty sure it was Brendan Quinn. He hit me up, and he's like, "Yo, I'm working for this place, blah blah blah," and they were like really small at the time. Um, it was called Roback and I took it out, you know, asked them to send me some stuff and it kind of worked into this partnership. And now it's been like two years and, you know, I love those guys. They, I honestly think their stuff is amazing. Like I all, it's all I wear really. <laughs> so 
um, I don't know. I, I think it's like a, just a unique one for me and um, something I definitely want to con continue to, to rep. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite uh, clothing lines out there. I mean, By you got to keep up. Dukes you got to keep back. up with Marcus and all that. Yeah, I'm back. I was, I was gonna say, back. Welcome, welcome <laughs> we back, Dukes. I feel great. I sound great. I'm no just longer, no longer in a train station or an Uber. This is. It was a long ride, but we're here. <laughs> long, long, strange trip. Yeah, everyone in the everyone in the Barstool office has actually been getting on the Roback train. And I, yeah, I was actually I always, telling I them. I always see they have a lot of stuff on their podcasts, um, especially part of my take, which is one of my yes. favorites. But, yes, um, that's who was talking about it. Yeah, was a, the producer. So that actually makes sense. Um, should I seamlessly <laughs> go into the transition to the question that I was supposed to ask? Yes. Yes. I, I need to know what it was. It was so <laughs> it was so long winded. <laughs> I thought that you guys. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, basically, I was just saying, like for the listeners out there, Gutty's dad was one of the best goalies in NCAA history. Definitely at Penn State. Was my goalie trainer. I, I failed him as a goalie. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, like, Blaze's style is so unique. The butterfly style. I know, like, Joe Keegan fucking loves talking about the butterfly style that Blaze has. What does your dad think about Blaze's style, Dylan Ward's style? Does he think that these non traditional goalies, like, does he have like a heart attack looking at them, or does he think it's cool, like a different twist on the, on the position? So, yeah, you, you know, my dad, like, he's like very technical, like, with his positioning and like his hand placement and all this mm -hmm. stuff. So I think he doesn't, he doesn't like freak out, but like, I know when he watches, he's just like, that's so not right. But what he's, but what they're doing is like so impressive to him because I think like they're playing the goalie position so differently than you've seen like past, you know, amazing goalies play. Mm -hmm. So he's just so like, this is awesome that they're doing this, but they're doing it the wrong way. Like he's like, so <laughs> like sound on his, on his, um, you know, just being in the right spot and, all, everything about being a goalie he's just like so like honed in on but but yeah I think he he definitely loves watching Blaze because he's like definitely a unique player and like he loves that he's like a bigger guy because my dad's you know pretty big dude himself so like he loves he loves that about him um and he he's met him before so he's they're uh definitely on the same page <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how we, let, let's get video of Duke. We got to get Dukes in cage sometime soon and, and we'll, we'll send some video. I mean, and maybe, maybe you still have some old tricks up the sleeve that Mr. Gutty taught you. Maybe, maybe we can do a little, uh, a little goalie challenge. Meet, meet yeah, Gutty at the guards in high school. Yeah. Meet at the high school, a little goalie challenge. Maybe get the, <laughs> maybe get the rowback guy there, bring some gear, you know. Wait, what, what, what high school is that again? It's Garden City High School in Long Island. Okay. It's like a small middle class private high school. Not private high school, public high school. Middle class. <laughs> middle class. <laughs> class B. <laughs> um, uh, real, here's a question that I've been asking um, all of our guests recently. Um, who is the worst current NFL quarterback who also went to Duke University? I am I'm terrified to watch tonight. I really am. In 50 minutes. Uh, I'm so it's so hard watching their team play because they do have a lot of talent around him. Like they used to, they used to have the excuse for him that, oh, you know, like he doesn't have that great of receivers. Like they have, they have some pretty good, yeah. you know, weapons around him now with Saquon back and Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. And I, I can't really watch it anymore. It's really tough. Um, I hope they win tonight. Obviously, I'm you know still pulling for them, but last week was pretty was pretty brutal to watch. Um, 
that 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 performance that they put on it, especially at home. So um, we'll see how it goes tonight, but I'm not too optimistic about it. Fives it could be a, it could be a low week two. It could be a seven six game. Uh, yeah, I have the Giants tonight, I ho- and I have Danny. I some, somehow got tricked into taking Danny Jones over passing yards. Oh, God. It's, uh, I, hate, I hate winning money. I, I, was, <laughs> I was just like, let's just light it on fire instead. Yeah, so but, real uh, quick, you guys, you guys just heard uh, Dukes is about to lose some, some money. So if everyone can head on over to Pro Athletics and uh, put in promo code CREASEDIVE, you get uh, 10% off and a little bit of kickback to, to the show. So uh, Dukes is going to need that after the, the Daniel Jones <laughs> any passing discount yards. I can get. Yeah, any discount I can get. Uh, all right, it, it sounded like you were going to go with, with something else there, Dukes. I think that was, oh, that was probably was the get- last one that I had. <laughs> I was going to compare Giants Twitter to Relax Twitter, where it's just like a bunch of miserable people. Yep. Just, yeah, just a bunch of miserable people spitting out hot takes. But you, like, you being an athlete, and obviously I, I, I think lacrosse Twitter is gross. It's just a bunch of miserable people talking about how they, like, they should grow the sport and how, how they would do it. But being, being a professional athlete and then also being a fan, like you're, you're a big Giants fan. I see that on Twitter yeah. and Instagram. Do you Sucks. like, yeah, how, how do you balance that out? Like when someone's giving you shit online, are you like, no, I get that. Cause I would like curse out like Danny Jones or like Sterling Shepard. Or are you like, man, like, yeah, are- I don't know. I, I how much of a keyboard still- warrior are you is basically, <laughs> no. are you, yeah, you're definitely yeah. not yeah. Nicasello. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I hate getting into arguments online, um, but I will definitely text war about how bad the giants are versus, you know, someone else. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a little weird, like hearing that, like, oh, you are a pro athlete and you're just shitting on other pro athletes. Uh, <laughs> but it's, but it's really tough to watch. So, um, you know, as a fan, I hope he does well. Cause I, you know, I've met him a few times and I want him to do well, but it's not, it's not going great. Yeah. And then I guess my last question would be how many burner accounts do you have? And what's, <laughs> what's the name of your favorite one? I'm, I'm not a certified cheapie, but I have, I have many friends that are. Yeah, I actually met, I think I've met a couple. <laughs> They're good people. Is, is the Garden City going to be down there at, uh, in D.C. this weekend? I, I know that I've, I've gotten a chance to run into a few of your friends from back home. They're always, they're always a good time. Loud, yes, boisterous, yes. boisterous crew. Yeah. Uh, yes, they will. They'll be down there uh, enjoying themselves, probably having a few. Um, so it should be a, it should be a fun weekend. I got a, got a bunch of family and friends coming. So I'm excited to see them in the stands. So if the whip snakes win, you're cool with us calling you the Kevin Durant of the PLL, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you can find proof of the request and trade, then yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go manufacture some because this is going to be great content. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, TD already took Kevin Durant of College Lack, so we needed yeah. one for the pro game. And, uh, <laughs> Gutty, Gutty looks like looks like you're the guy. Well, I mean, listen, man, you got got one more game here. Um, I, I know that we'll be rooting for you. And um, Ian McKay, if you're still listening to this episode after your interview, um, sorry, I didn't mean that. But 
Gutty, we're, <laughs> we're rooting for you. Uh, listen, first, first time guests on the crease app. You, you mean a lot to us. You got this thing started. So we're, uh, we're pushing for you and everyone can check out Justin Gutterding and the whip snakes going for the three peat on Sunday, September 19th, 12 PM Eastern on NBC and streaming on Peacock. And uh, a little bit later into the game, just make sure that you have those second screens going because then you can watch Jalen hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles completely dismantle the 40. 40- Niners. Buddy, <laughs> thanks for hopping on with us, bud. And, yes, uh, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy.